Hello everybody and welcome to 30 for Knowledge. I am George. Hello, I'm Danny. And Danny is our sensei today. He's going to take us on a journey of knowledge where by the end, hopefully, we have a gross net gain rather than a deficit. <laughs> a gross net gain? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand economics. Gr- I tried to sound smart. I don't know. <laughs> a gross gain and a, neg- and a net negative. Well, that's why I always find weird when you get your paycheck and it's like gross gross net <laughs> i'm just like oh, I, that's yeah. weird <laughs> i mean that's, that's usually my reaction when i see my paycheck Ugh, gross I'm just gross. Like, this is a mess look at that tax uh, yeah well it's been a minute since we last did this yeah let's part the austerity aside no. and check yeah. in on each other <laughs> how have you been danny <laughs> oh i've been fantastic Aus- yeah. austerity aside yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's, you know what it is it's a great time to not own a car i'm loving that oh man then my goodness <laughs> like people are getting very angry about those numbers i don't get it <laughs> Um, famously after our driving episode, like, you know, I can drive, but it, the numbers need nothing to I was me. I was looking at, at driving, and then I saw the numbers, and I was like, nah, maybe next year. You can save so much money by not driving. Yeah, I know. But then we get into trains, and that's a whole other barrel of monkeys to deal with. Which I assume this episode is not about this trains. Episode, you know what, I, I could have done a really tenuous link to trains and commuting and listening to music on your commute. Yeah. So if I was a smarter man, I probably could have started with that, but... We're here now. We're here now. So, this uh, week's topic is... Um, I'm excited to start. I'm excited to be in this chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're in a comfy chair. So I'm in right. a comfy chair. I'm ready to learn. I feel like the surgery stuff was so big and heavy <laughs> that I'm excited to be... You need, you need something light and fluffy. Now, yeah, so. I, I'm, I, I'm just excited to be like... I'm excited to see, be the receiver mm-hmm. along with the audience. <laughs> okay, yeah. It feels like, yeah... A lot. Big times in the chair recently. Okay, no, no, no. I, I, I completely understand that. So, well, basically, what I'm saying is, I'm thirty for knowledge. You're, you're so thirty for knowledge. I can see it on your face. I'm like dribbling. I can see, I can salivating. see it in your new passport photo. <laughs> Just the, the first that you got right. Oh, I don't get excited about new passport. <laughs> well, okay, we'll start with light and fluffy. So we'll, we'll start with uh, the death of something. Oh, great! Which is the death of the iPod. You know, I love a bit of death. So, well, Danny. As we're always topical, the iPod, by the time this episode comes out, the iPod would have been killed off by about two months ago now. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just how time works. But uh... <coughs> Pardon me. Oh, that came out of nowhere. Uh, I had something so desperate to say that it got caught in my throat. <laughs> Thinking about when this episode is coming out, mm-hmm. today marks one year anniversary. Uh, one year anniversary of when the idea of this podcast when, when the, the conception, was conceived. The conception of... 30 for knowledge we didn't have a name we didn't have a topic or much of an idea of how podcasting worked i was just like don't you just record it and it magically goes into people's devices i was like i didn't know about uploading stuff (laughs) shout out to acast for hosting us today (laughs) thank you acast thank you for not ripping us off like our previous (laughs) like our previous uh, provider you need to cancel that actually yeah, I yeah thank you reminding me. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, we'll beep that out. Um, so yeah, I need to cancel that. Thanks, I need to remember that <laughs> before the annual yeah. subscription fee comes out. We can take this. It's, out. Fine. it's fine. It's fine. We'll take this offline. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a year since we thought of this. Amazing. I know. A, a year. Of, it doesn't. Wow. Not, a lot not, happens not, in a year. Not that we want to sound old, but good lord. Good lord. A lot happens in a, a year. Lot, yeah. Well, I'm still. And at the same time, not a lot at all. Only like. Three major things happened, and the rest of it's a massive blur for me. One of them was the Platy Jeeves. Mm. Congratulations. Yeah, well done to her match. Her match? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. The, le- the less I say about it, the better, frankly. All right, moving swiftly on. Moving on swiftly. Um, so, it's been one year since we came up with the idea. We're here on episode 11. 
Uh, I say that with a, a question mark inflection. I didn't mean to. I think it's like 11 plus the side quests. So... We're on like episode 15 or something. We, death, we, we, we might have to unify that at some Yeah, that's fine. The death of the iPod. Well, it, we'll, we'll call it uh, the iPod in memoriam because nice. it sounds nicer than saying dead. More respectful. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the iPod deserves respect, not to sound like... An Apple shill on top of being all the other shills I am. We can't be that's what we won't say. Mirrors. So the iPod. So I'm gonna we're gonna have you did you ever watch uh, a sitcom called The Golden Girls? I didn't watch. The you Golden didn't watch Girls. The Golden Girls. No, you're, you're missing out. Man. It was a good. It was a good uh, series. Uh, there was a character on there. Uh, called Sophia or Sophie, and uh, she was really old. And every time she started a story, she was like, "Picture it, Sicily." 1922. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she'd start all her stories about for some long-winded reason. Uh, so I'm going to say, picture it. North London, 2001. Where were you? Oh, I think I was 11, but my maths is so bad. <laughs> oh, I thought I was 11. Where was I when I was 11? Uh, year six, going into like year seven. Maybe getting, already getting in Getting ready seven. to go into, into secondary school. And uh, and it was a beautiful time. I don't know if either of us had even had internet at that point, but it was a very beautiful time, from what I could tell. I remember... I mean, I'm, I'm besides gonna... the big thing that happened in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there was, like, some really strong dial tones. Oh, massive there dial was, tones. I didn't even have dial tones. I remember, it, like, a family trip to PC World to buy our first, Ooh, like, the personal first, computer. First beige box. Yeah, 100%. Well, and, and what did you have in terms of music players, personal music players? Did you have any? I had a Walkman. You had a Walkman, so, yeah. so a CD Walkman or a, I had, or a cassette I had Walkman. Avril Lavigne. Oh, wow. <laughs> Avril Lavigne's I album. I wasn't expecting I that answer. I Linkin Park's Hyper Theory. The, the that, first two that's, albums that's I cool. bought, you know, the old HMV or Virgin Megastore deal of like uh-huh. 220, got Linkin Park's Hyper Theory and Avril Lavigne's album, and it was like, you know, that's not bad. That That's a very interesting duality right there. Oh, it's great. And, and yet, I'm not surprised. And then also, I had like CDs of like Eminem's, like, um, the Slim Shady, Slim Shady Show? The Eminem Show? Or the Eminem Show? Or the Marshall Mathers LP? Which both. Or both. I had both. Yeah. And I had, like, the Marshall Mathers LP, and I had the EP, whatever was before that, and the Eminem Show. You, you had loads, man. I had loads. All I had was a cassette player, and I think all I had was... I think I had the Marshall Mathers LP on cassette. Like an wow. absolute old man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had that... And I think I still had, like, the Power Rangers soundtrack on cassette. <laughs> I think, oh my goodness, I think I had the Godzilla soundtrack from the 1999 That's film. way cool. That's way, that's way better than my answer. So good. So good. So, okay, so that's 2001. Little did our little minds know that oh, at the same definitely, time... Definitely not, man. At the same time as us listening to Godzilla and listening to the Power Rangers and going yeah. to school, at the same time, a bunch of lads in, in California were introducing the iPod. In 2001. This is... So, yeah, I started a bit abstract there. Because I, I was just like... I was, I was trying to set the scene. I was trying to paint a picture of how... Oh, I am there. I've been transported <laughs> back. But yeah, so... Uh, so we're going to go into a bit a bit of the background before the iPod came out, how it came about and all that stuff. And I'll say at the top here, a lot of this information comes from the official Steve Jobs biography written by Walter Isaacson. Amazing. It is an amazing book. If you have even a cursory interest in modern technology and Apple culture and the personality of Steve Jobs because, yeah, he, he had his fingers in many pies and stuff. So because of him, indirectly led to, like, you know, Toy Story and Finding Nemo and all that kind of stuff. So a very interesting guy. 
because well, he funded Pixar. He, he, he made he, Pixar. No, he, he bought Pixar off of George Lucas. Because Pixar started as a division of Lucasfilm. Wow. And then they were going to get rid of it because it was doing nothing. And then Steve Jobs like spoke to the guy in charge of Pixar who had all these ideas for CG films, which had never been done before. Isn't it amazing where there's like, only like a few big names... In the grand scheme of like how many humans there are in the world, there's like a few, a few big names that <laughs> yeah, just just people. completely form our culture. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. It's, I mean, I was shocked to, when I first found out that Pixar, that, that Steve Jobs was CEO of Pixar and Apple at the same time. Wow. So yeah. So and um, which two feel like two vastly different things? Very different things, um, and both very Im- impactful in their own ways and their yeah. own industries. So yeah. So going back to kind of late night. 19- Pixar constantly makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've kind of avoided watching Pixar just for a while. I was like, I was like, I, I need I'm an emotionally vulnerable yeah. place right I now. I was like, I'll, I'll wait till things are a bit better before <laughs> I, I like open myself up to Pixar again. Um, but yeah, so let's go back to kind of like the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, we got Apple. So these days, Apple is one of the most valuable companies in the world. They're rated over like a trillion dollars, or maybe less now that the market's collapsed again. Um, but during the 80s and 90s, they were struggling. They were doing very, very crappy. They had, like, no money, and all the stuff they put out was rubbish. And then Steve Jobs came back, and in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, he was like, get rid of everything. All we care about is just making, like, one good computer. That's okay. all we want to do. So he kind of put the Simplify. Massively. So that's where the kind of Apple thing of minimalism and simplif- simplification came through. So it was like, uh, instead of having 14 different types of computer, we have four computers. We're just going to make a laptop and a desktop and a pro version of each one. And that was it. So in the early 2000s, they kind of stabilized a little bit and they were fine. And they were like, all right, what's next? Because they realized, they're like, the the personal piece, the personal computer, the the kind of allure of it was kind of waning. People right. no longer cared. Like They didn't see it as exciting. They didn't see it as um, this kind of revolutionary device that it was promised to be. Now it's just an everyday thing. You do your Excels on it. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes your job. So yeah. when your hobby becomes your job, you love it less. Yeah, exactly. So... It was that, and this was before the internet would like really, really take off and have the whole kind of like dot com. Uh, was this going. the age of like the coloured Apple PC backs? E- yes, this is when they started having the translucent plastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, the purple screen. Yeah, yeah, those ones. So at, at this point, they were like, "What do we move into next?" And what they decided to do, they were like, "Okay, we can't focus on any kind of enterprise office work because Microsoft has that lockdown. So we're going to focus on the creative and on what they end up calling like your digital lifestyle. Because at this point, early 2000s, digital photos were becoming more and more prevalent, digital documents, digital video, digital music. And they were like, let's do one of these things. And they, they apparently, they all had a very, very personal love of music. And they said, let's do a good music player because even though digital music was becoming bigger and bigger and piracy was becoming more and more prevalent, uh, not that we ever sailed the high seas on record, there was no market leader. There was no one product, no one digital music player where people could say, yes, that's the one, that's the market leader, that's the one that we all aspire to be. And so they kind of went to the drawing board and they're like, okay, what do we want? What do we need in a personal music player? What does everyone else want in a personal music player? And what does it have to do? And two guys kind of, Took the uh, took the helm of this. A guy called John Rubenstein and another guy called Tony Fidel. Those two names sound like mafia. <laughs> what Fidel mafia and Rubenstein? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve Jobs was like, we have enough money to do three things a year, three new things a year, and one of the things things they end up doing was a music player. And so he asked this hardware guy, John Rubenstein. He's like, dude, I need you to make a music player. I want it to have this and this and this. And John Rubenstein straight up told him, can't be done. 
the components do not exist. None of this exists yet. You're asking for crazy stuff in like a small package. And again, every other music player that exists at this point had like 256 megabytes of like space. You could put like 16 songs in it. And they had this whole prototyping phase where they just bought all the available MP3 players and just use all of them. And they would just sit in a room just looking at all of them being like, this is trash, this is trash, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. And so they were like, what do we need to make this work? And it had a big breakthrough when John Rubenstein was having uh, a meeting with Toshiba, who's like one of the hardware suppliers. And this this bit in the book always confused me because I was like, this doesn't sound like something a professional would say, right. but fine, we'll, <laughs> I'll keep reading. Which is, he was having a meeting with Toshiba and the Toshiba engineers were like, oh, now we've finished our meeting, we just wanted to show you something. He's like, what is it? And they say, well, we've got this new hard drive and it's really portable. It's a 1.8 inch drive and it's got five gigabytes of storage. And he's like, uh-huh. And they're like, we don't know what to do with it. And I was like, I was like, what kind of person creates a brand new breakthrough technology and says, now what? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very companionable. Isn't it? It's very amicable, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, yeah, we've got this like breakthrough. It's like, if that happened these days, it would have been patented and like locked away and sold. But then that is, isn't that saying something about the world we live in now about like how money grabbing everything is? Well, I mean, John Rubenstein kind of like helped uh, kind of uh, fester that kind of approach because he basically lied and said, no, uh, I don't think we do have much uh, for this. Like he kept the idea of the music play. He, he didn't tell them about it. He's like, let me get back to you. I might have something, but we'll see. And he acted like really aloof about it. And he immediately... So there was like two lovely people in Toshiba who were like, <laughs> do you know what? We've made this thing, but the world needs it. Yeah. Maybe like... Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They were selling it for like loads oh, of money. of course, But, yeah. but it, it's just the fact that they were like, we made this really cool technology and we don't know what to do with it. They um, should have had some faith in themselves. Maybe yeah. they made something themselves. It's Toshiba. Like, <laughs> yeah. Toshiba. Like, I don't know, make a very tiny TV. You don't work out a garage, Toshiba. Yeah. You guys are like a massive... Do you think like now there's still some people who work for Toshiba who worked for Toshiba? but then and they're just like they're just by like kicking themselves oh man <laughs> it's, like, it's like no they definitely got fired immediately yeah after the first ipod came out they definitely got fired in droves john rubenstein goes to steve jobs and says i need 10 million dollars right now just for this just if you want your personal music player this is what it has to be and steve jobs is like all right cool gave him 10 million dollars and they like they end up having one of the reasons why the ipod kind of had this had an early uh, lead is because they basically signed an exclusive agreement with them yeah. to produce them only for iPods. Nice. So they so Apple got us locked in at the start to be like, only we get a five gigabyte, 1.8 inch drive. Maybe we're going to get to it, but I thought all Apple components were made in-house. No, no, no. They're designed in-house, but right. uh, the majority of them are made, uh, I think I think China's their main supplier. But also back then, it's like they, I think they had Japanese suppliers and suppliers in other countries. Okay. So, so, so this, this, I believe this meeting was actually happening in Japan. So John Rubenstein went to Japan to have this meeting, and then they said, "By the way," and then, so they're all they're all bespoke components, but obviously aren't made. And it's kind of like it's like it's here's a generic drive, but it just happens to be a really cool, tiny generic drive. Yeah. It doesn't have to be for Apple. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it could have yeah. gone to anyone. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's just because they were having the meeting. And no, showing. I just thought that like the the beauty of like like an Apple laptop, for example, an Apple phone, um, versus like you know a normal PC where you might have like a motherboard from NVIDIA and you yeah. might have like RAM oh, elsewhere. Can... It's all like di- different mm-hmm. pieces so sometimes they don't work very well together or yeah. you have to like make it work compatibility no, no, no. I mean... like that. Whereas I thought Apple part of the things of its beauty is that it's all designed together. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. As in, if they design it to work together but the way it worked um, Walter Isaacson kind of goes into this in other parts of the book is 
they basically find suppliers and manufacturers yeah. that could do stuff for them. Yeah. So, so they would go to a manufacturer and say, hey, we have an idea for a really cool product, but we need like this very specific hard drive or very specific yeah. connect or very specific uh, display. And it's only sold to them. Yeah, and then, and then they basically work with that manufacturer yeah. to try and get it to work. Um, so yeah, so in this case, it was like, hey, we you know, there's this really cool tiny drive. Um, do you think there's anything you'd want to do with it? And eventually they made the deal. And I think it was like $10 million for like the initial kind of exclusivity on these drives. But eventually others would catch up. So that was the drive, which was one part. Nice. The other part was the screen, which wasn't super important. They were like, we're just going to have a very basic... It was a monochrome screen. The first iPod was black and white. Yeah. <laughs> like, which sounds weird to say uh, these days. But the backlight almost gave it like a bluish tinge. Yeah, it had like a bluish black uh, backlight. Yeah. Um, and I think the first color one would be like four years later or three years later, they'd finally make a color screen. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was nothing you need to see on it yeah. until they started putting photos on it. There was just no need for it. Yeah. So yeah, so they had their screen, they had the hard drive, and then came the connector where they were like, USB was still kind of new at this point, where it's like, what is a USB? It's like, oh, it's a universal serial bus connector. I bet you didn't know what USB stood for, and now I just told you, and you're blowing your mind. Um, But the problem with USB is that back then it was not that great. As in, it was great. It couldn't carry a lot of information. It couldn't carry a lot of information. So so they had their own, this is one of the things that that Apple did do, that was themselves called Firewire. Yeah. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Um, and, and so the numbers that they gave, they were like, okay, so if you wanted to transfer, they were like, USB is fine if you're transferring 12 songs, like on every other MP3 player. That's yeah. not a big deal. They're like, if you're transferring a thousand songs, it's 10 minutes on Firewire, it's five hours on USB. And so they were like, wow. no one's going to sit for five hours and watch their yeah. iPod fill up with music. So they were like, cool, so we've got Firewire. And then the final thing, they were like, how do we actually use this? Because they were like, all the other MP3 players had like little buttons and like little jog wheels and stuff. And they were like, again, it's fine if you have one album, but if you're trying to scroll a thousand songs, yeah. you're going to get arthritis and you're going to hate it. It's going to be yeah. a horrible experience. And then one of the other executives were like, oh, I found this like track wheel thing. It sped up the longer you scrolled and like it was accurate and it had like mechanical feedback. So like the first iPod had like a mechanical wheel. Like yeah. it, it wasn't like just a touch thing. It was like actual a wheel you had to move yeah, like yeah, an yeah. old rotary phone again it was like one of those things where no one else had done it everyone else thought it was completely weird and Apple's like no we have an idea for this so they had the basic components and then there was some drama between John Rubenstein and Tony Fidel because they both saw themselves as the father of the iPod they the were, godfather no the, 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 the actual name they had was the podfather nice. <laughs> because remember these are all nerds yeah. and they think stuff like the podfather is a cool name because they're, they're very nerds. mafia sounding names and yeah I think John Rubenstein's like nickname was Ruby because of like Rubenstein. Like, no one called him John. Everyone called him Ruby. And Ruby is exactly the kind of mafia name I would expect from a person. Well, yeah, Ruby uh, killed the guy who killed JFK. Hmm? Yeah, he was a nightclub owner. No way. Yeah, a guy called Ruby. Uh, Jack Ruby. I think it's Jack <laughs> Ruby. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up. Cause... So Lee Harvey Oswald assassinated JFK. Yes, allegedly. Then, allegedly, <laughs> and then. Lee Harvey Oswald, Harvey Oswald being transferred to another facility. Oh, that's when he got shot, was it? And then he was shot by Jack Ruby. Okay. He was a local nightclub owner and a bit of a, not seedy, that wasn't a horrible, horrible man, <laughs> but like he was like, you know, he might have been like in touch with the underworld, potentially. Okay, but tell me how many wholesome nightclub owners are there. <laughs> I don't I can <laughs> count on one hand, I don't know so many. <laughs> so yeah, so, but yeah, each of them had this feeling that it was, it was like the only time there was like drama on here because John Rubenstein was like I'm the, the dad of the iPod because 
I got given the mission to make it. I'm the one who found the components, and I'm and he hired. Sounds like a costume battle. It does. It's, it's, my it's, dad. Really, it's really. <laughs> I'm pathetic. the dad. It's like you're both multi millionaires. Just just accept you had a part in it, and your names. We have the results of the DNA <laughs> test. <laughs> well, it's more like a matter of perspective because, like, because Rubenstein was like, I got hired. Oh no, no, I was the one director to make this thing, and he hired Tony Fadell. He's like the one who found Tony Fadell or whatever to um to help make it. And then Tony Fadell's like, I'm the dad of the iPod. Because until I came on board, you guys didn't know what you were doing. So Tony Fidel had separately, like before he was at Apple, he'd gone around trying to shop like a good MP3 player to like multiple manufacturers. Like he went to all these big names being like, I know how to make a good MP3 player. Let me work with you to make yeah. this. And they all turned him down. And then because the folks at Apple had heard of him, they brought him on board and they, and they ended up saying, you have to work for us if you want to do this. And he's like, no, I want to be a free agent. I don't want to work for Apple. Yeah. I'm my own guy. I'll work with you, but I don't want to be uh, part of the company. <laughs> and there's, uh, again, another part in the book where John Rubenstein forced his hand. He basically gathered the entire iPod teams, like 20 people, and then invited Tony Fidel in and said, here's everyone who's ready to work on this with you. Like, either you sign now or we don't do it. <laughs> and Fidel was fuming. He was like, he, he looked at the entire team and was like, you guys always work under dress like this? Is this normal? And they were like, yeah, pretty much. And so, like, he relented and he signed, uh, like, an employment contract with Apple and was like, I'm signing it, but I'm fuming and I hate this and I don't want to do it. Wow. And, they, and they ended up... And, and, and again, in the book, they're like, uh, both, but both of them got interviewed afterwards. And both of them, both they both said, yeah, we never forgave each other for that. Neither of us ever kind of made up. So it's been like 20 years and they're both still like, I'm mad. That, that, that's it's what like I'm nerdy to. Wolf of Wall Street it's, vibes. It's massive. Yeah, because it's, you know, when you get to that kind of executive level, a lot of it is ego and, you know, mm. reputation on the line and stuff. But he came on board and they got the first... Well, he didn't do that badly out of it. Well, no, he's, you know, he's, he's, his name's there. And he's, and I think Tony Fidel gets most of the credit at this point. Like most of the time when people talk about the iPod, they talk about Tony Fidel. Uh, and the rest of the Apple team kind of hated him for it. They're like, we hate that you get yeah. all the recognition for this. But that's how it went. And that's what was needed to, to ship the first iPod. Well, the other guy was seemed like he was like a facilitator for him to be the dad. Mm. Yeah, basically. Well, John Rubenstein... We need you to, to mount this man. The thing is, like, John Rubenstein was, uh, like, kind of like a great uh, hardware guy himself. He was part of the team that helped bring the, that colourful iMac to life and oh, yeah. helped bring all their kind of Macs and iPods to life up until about 2006 when he left. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to like fa- uh, be part of like other massive tech companies and, nice. you know, continue to earn millions, but whatever. It's fine. I'm not bitter. No one's bitter. No one's bitter. Not at all. Um, and they did this all in, in less than a year, by the way, from like from concept to selling. Wow. It was less than a year because they were like, it was at the start of 2001 and they basically said, we need to be able to sell this for the holidays. It needs to be the best Christmas present. And so for that, they had to present it in about September. And you, But you said, though, like, they jobs going for simplicity and they mm. have, like, four products a year. Yeah. So they could devote so many resources to it. Yeah, yeah, they were so, like, targeted. Massively. And the thing is, um, Apple was said to have, like, this very different kind of corporate culture in a sense that it was, like, a person would say, this is what we're doing. And then you'd go and do it. And then Fidel said it was very different to all his other experiences where he'd be, like, at... HP or some other computer company yeah. where he was like it would take months of meetings just to get one thing decided right and that's yeah. what took to get one along. thing through the gate Apple was more agile they were smaller it was fine it wasn't uh, as much uh, of, of a pain 
So yes, yeah, so they had the hardware sorted. They had the software made by some other third party company that they worked with. And it was super basic. Like Steve Jobs' decree was like, it has to be simple. And he said, if I wanted to listen to a song, I have to be able to get to it from anywhere else in the iPod in three clicks or less. Doesn't matter what it is. It's like, click, click, click. I have to be at the song. And he's like, if I don't, then it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and he was, I don't know how much, you might have heard it's more and more like, it's been 10 years since he died. But he was like notoriously horrible and brutal in meetings. Like he was just one of the worst people. And he was always I very- do feel like his reputation and how he's viewed has change since his death. it's been tarnished a bit yeah. it's, it's like it's less mystical it's more like okay this guy was just an egotistical yeah um kind of a pain in the ass a lot of the time but he kind of got things done which is why people accepted it but there was a quote here from uh from the book about uh, the prototyping process where steve was like really unhappy at how big it still was he was like it needs to be more compact and the engineers were like there's nothing left we cannot make this any smaller and the book says steve jobs is said to have dropped a prototype into an aquarium in front of the engineers to demonstrate from the bubbles leaving its housing that there was still internal space. So he was like, there's bubbles coming out of it. There's still air in here. Get rid of it. Kind of thing. So he wanted it to be like airtight yeah. in terms of um, getting it to be small. And they managed it. So they managed to get it down to this ridiculously tiny size. Yeah. And then eventually within about nine months, they were ready to present it. And then at the actual presentation. So again, remember, it's Apple. They only make computers. They're called Apple computers. They're not like called yeah. anything else. And the in the media invitation for this unveiling was called uh, "Welcome to the next uh, Apple event." Hint: It's not a Mac. It's not a computer. And everyone was skeptical because it's like, what? You're making a, a music player? It'd be like Nintendo <laughs> making a DVD player back yeah. in the early two thousand. You'd be like, why would you buy that from Nintendo? It just doesn't make sense. So is this is it, when you say Ray presented this like the keynote speech kind of thing? This is the famous keynote speech, um, and it's a wonderful. Here's the thing. I'm an absolute nerd yeah. for, I mean, in general, but for just the Apple stuff, just because yeah, yeah. it, it's like, no other company did it. They do it. They all do it now. Yeah. All of them do it now. Back then, it was kind of like, uh, Steve was like, Steve Jobs was like the only one who was like really keen to do like these hands-on presentations yeah. showing people all this stuff. So he called it, they were like, it's a quantum leap. You have your entire music library with you at all times. You have a thousand songs in your pocket. No other, so cool. um, no other device does this we are the only ones that could do it and Apple controls everything from iTunes on your computer syncing it to the iPod itself. Oh, wow. Because iTunes would have been a massive piece of work it's, on its own. Yeah. Huge. That was the thing. So, like, even iTunes, they were like, how many other companies make... I mean, I, I, you know, we call them media players now. I mean, back then it was called a jukebox player. It's like, oh, you're a digital jukebox player because that's that was the lingo at the time. And so, yeah, so there was a lot of scepticism about it. But at the same time, it's like, it still looked really, really cool. And one of the other things that they mentioned in the keynote, just to, again, just to throw our minds back to what the competition was. Steve Jobs is saying about all the great things that this iPod does. And he says, and one of the other cool features is it's got 20 minutes skip protection. What? Skip protection. You know, because if you have a CD player and you walk, it skips because just any kind of movement would dislodge yeah. the CD. I don't know if you ever had that with your Walkman. I did, yeah, 100%. So you couldn't go rock climbing with your... You couldn't do anything too crazy. No, you, you, could, your, you couldn't play football your, with your Walkman. No, you couldn't play football with your Walkman. You couldn't, like... Do you fake know, Train journeys were a bit like Dodge. You had to, like, <laughs> place it quite carefully on the seat next <laughs> to you, on the table, carefully hold it, yeah. I remember seeing... Not and too... they scratched up your discs as oh, well. Yeah, massively. They really scratched your discs. Just... Yeah, and you, you don't get a refund for that. No, so my Green Day American Idiot was ruined. <laughs> How many CDs did you have? I had quite a few CDs. Once, 
you know, I had, once I got over the Godzilla album, I got loads. Like, <laughs> once you've loads, loads, loads of Green Day, had loads of My Chemical Romance on CD. I had like, killers, like bear CDs. Okay, you were way more of a, of a media guy than I was. I think back then I, I kind of went straight from cassette. I think I had two CDs. One was like, it was Linkin Park's reanimation album. Nice. And was, um, that was like a nice, like double fold, chunky thing, wasn't it? It was a massive yeah. disc. It was, um, like box. it was huge. I, I, I loved it. Um, it was that, and I think I had like Fort Minor's album. I think those are the two CDs I had. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how much as humans we love packaging? <laughs> <laughs> Not to the extent of like, you know, an Amazon box comes with like one tiny like hairbrush in it, and it's like a huge like. Yeah, no, I'm not that fan. Not it's that like kind A3 of fan. box, whereas <laughs> like, you know, like a good packaging is like, oh, I love it. I know. I, 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 love, a, I love a solid bit of package <laughs> not to be an xbox not, shill not to be an xbox but i'm just shill, gonna say that the packaging for one of their new xbox controllers is so lovely is it? yeah when you open it? it it's so lovely inside i'll show you later oh gosh oh just opening up the xbox i, 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 st- I still have i still have the box it's so nice. <laughs> you really are a shill <laughs> I, I really am i'll show you what i say you'll love it oh when you open it it kind of like presses it up so it's like presenting okay that is kind of cool, cool. Mm. i'll concede that's yeah. pretty cool yeah that's i'll show cool. you later you'll love it <laughs> Um, so yeah, so those were kind of like the key points. 20 minute skip protection, a 10 hour battery. Wait, so the iPod could skip? If, yes. Okay. In in theory it could because, but it was 20 minutes of protection. So basically if you were jogging or whatever, like 20 minutes, it wouldn't skip. But how, if you got to like minute 21. How on earth they do that? Well, I mean, how would it skip? Okay, it's still a hard drive. It's still yeah. a hard drive that has a spinning element in it. So well, how, how can they like stop it for 20 minutes and that's it? No, 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 it's not like 20 minutes, it's basically, I, I don't know, I think it like, if I if I remember correctly, the iPod loads a song into memory, because it has its own onboard memory. Right. So okay. it reads it off the disc, puts it into memory, and then that protects it, or whatever. Mm. One of the other tidbits, when they were talking about all the different components they could put into, into the iPod, again, because I have to keep reiterating, like, the way music was back then, this was a very unique concept, because yeah. before it was like you're going on a road trip or whatever and you want to listen to more than 12 songs, you have to bring, like, four CDs with yeah. you or something. Whereas this was, like, one device. What an age. That was... I, I remember packing the CDs, man, being like, what CDs am I going to listen to in this coach? See, like, cars used to be marketed with, like, it's got a two-CD changer or whatever yeah. so that you could, like, go from one album to the next. Or My whatever. parents had that in the living room, but it was, like, an eight-CD changer. <sighs> Living the dream. It was so sick. Living the dream. Eight CDs. Yeah. Maybe six. That's, that's <laughs> so much Linkin Park. Oh, it, was, it was. It really was. So if your folks listening to Linkin Park. And, and Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson. The Legend album. So good. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't aged poorly at all, no. <laughs> no, it's still great. The music is still wonderful. Mm. Well, yeah, sorry. The thing I was going to say was uh, one of the other uh, potential things they had when they were talking about like batteries or talking about hard drives in, in terms of looking at components to like save money and save space are like well we've got this kind of memory it'll be cheaper it holds everything we need right but if the ipod runs out of battery it will delete all your songs what <laughs> and at the time they were like is that is that a reasonable trade-off because they're like well it's not really any different to if your battery runs out on your walkman and then you just have to go back and plug it back into your p if you, you plug yeah. your ipod back into your translucent plastic imac and then just reload all the songs and recharge it. It's kind of the same concept. I don't... I mean, it, that's a surprise to me. I didn't know that. Because again, I wasn't... again, they rejected that idea. It's just that someone on the team was like, we could do it. Yeah. So it didn't actually happen. Oh, okay. No, no, it was just one of the possibilities. Again, because okay. they were constantly prototyping, coming up, up with 
what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what, what can we do on the iPod, yeah. what can't we do? Because, yeah, because again, it was kind of like no man's land in terms of what is a decent experience. Well, they're taking not. this step forward, aren't they? They're, yeah. They're, they're going uncharted territory at this point. Yeah. And his, and the final thing I'll say about the actual introduction of it or, or, or the presentation is um, a thing that Apple did here and would end up doing in, in kind of like all their future presentations was, and I think that they're really, really good at, and I think it's what annoys a lot of people because yeah. of how they're able to get away with it is the way they're able to get you to see a product from a very specific angle mm. which is like oh we know what it's less powerful or it's got less battery life but if you look at it from this perspective actually it's way better and what they did here was they were tr- they were showing they were listing all the different ways to listen to music they're like cd player mp3 cd player an mp3 jukebox or uh, sorry an mp3 like flash yeah driving and an mp3 jukebox and they were like well if you think about it a cd player costs 75 dollars, but it only holds about 15 songs so really you're paying about five dollars a song and then they said but if you look at an ipod yes it's 400 dollars, but you get a thousand songs so that's only 30 cents a song so if you think about it it's the cheapest one you really want yeah <laughs> and so he's able to con- they were able to convince people like yeah the 400 dollars is more economical than the 75 dollars even though it's not it only really makes sense if you have a thousand songs yeah and you make full use of it and then in the final like way of trying to convince people of like how small it was the first ipod was the same had the same dimensions as a deck of cards it was tiny yeah because yeah, i think we kind of think it's a bit bigger because we were used to the video ones with like massive screens. 100%. But the first one was like a deck of cards, yeah. kind of small. So it was like this really big revolution in portable tech. And uh, and yeah, and they were, they were going to sell it for $400, which is about $650 in today money. Okay. Which is expensive. Yeah. Five gigabytes. I mean, I was complaining about buying a MacBook for like 600 pounds and yeah. it had like 200 gigabytes of memory and like way more stuff on it. It's incredible how much like technology in a way eats itself because mm. it's, it's, we're on a we're on a train now and this that, right now in this very moment we're on a train we're on a train right now and it's almost like this is like one of those triggers one of those like fuses this like very moment that we're talking about it's, it's, you mean a kind of thing that uh, it's like a catalyst for all it's, this other it's stuff the, happening the ex, is exponentialism a word Expen- the, ex, the exponential growth growth of technology mm. since like maybe not this specific moment but moments like these like these are fuses for the this like incredible like eruption in the development of technology and it's only getting quicker and yeah. quicker and quicker and there's like like doomsday people and like stuff like that <laughs> you know like it's only going to end badly and maybe it will but it's it's so interesting how a technology feeds itself as soon as you have one breakthrough the mm-hmm. next one is like right around the corner in the space of what we're we talking 2001 this was 2001 and now we're you know 21 years later what have we got now <laughs> literally too much said, we've got too much 650 <laughs> you've got a hundred times the size <laughs> yes yeah it's uh, the exponential growth is real and um, it's, only, it's only gonna like just keep continue going. yeah i was gonna say just as a massive side note to, to just based on what you said this has nothing to do with this it's just you triggered something uh, i read which is uh, a google employee recently claimed that their ai has become sentient <laughs> and, and singularity and, has happened and it's like and, it, and it's probably nonsense or whatever but he was like he was asking it questions and stuff and he's like oh you know like would you consider yourself a person and the thing was like no you treat me like a robot so i'm a robot and it's like that's really scary you shouldn't ask it those things yeah and, and so yeah now everyone's claiming it's nonsense but i read it and i was like this is probably how it starts 
Yeah. This is probably the end, but yeah, it's fine. Um, but we had some, some good times on the way. Uh, <laughs> so, you think Larry is coming, people? Prepare. So, yeah, so they did the presentation and they ended up releasing it in October 2001. It was a massive success, but it was a massive su- success for Apple relatively because they still had a very small kind of target audience. Yeah. And the iPod only worked with Macs. You couldn't get it for a Windows machine back then. Yeah. Um, so, or it wouldn't be supported by a Windows machine back then and they had to do all kinds of ways to have it work around and stuff and then so begun the reign of the ipod starting from the end of 2001 and then the question i had for you was uh what was your first do you remember your first interaction with an ipod or the first time you saw one or held one in person well it would have been my my friends or our friends at sixth form because one of our friends is famously apple obsessed (laughs) really all the way to sixth form you didn't because I, I remember friends having like nanos in secondary school but maybe like I saw a nano but then yeah I think probably I saw a nano in secondary school mm. but I never had one I never had a nano but they were cool and the colours yeah, were cool. cool the colours were wicked <laughs> they were the best ones the first actual iPod I had was an iPod Touch but it was mm. probably like the four, fifth, or 6th yeah. or 7th inter- inter- yeah, iteration like, at that point it was like Nine years after the original got launched. Oh, yeah, I was quite, I'm quite slow with certain technologies. Phones and laptops, I'm quite slow and far <laughs> behind with. <laughs> you had a MacBook before me, you weren't that slow. Oh, that's student loans, though, isn't it? Yeah. Not <laughs> student loans, student discount. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> um, I love, I'm thinking, is that MacBook? Again, when I, when I get something, like, I like things to last and I look after my stuff. So I was using that laptop, which I bought in a 2011. While. I was still using that up to 2019. I'm still upset you didn't get a new MacBook. I'm still upset. I know it's got nothing to do with me. I'm going to fix my old one. I'm going to put some new RAM in it and like speed it up. Okay. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw an iPod was a very, very stupid iPod because it was a limited edition U2 edition iPod. Do you remember that being a thing? I remember I remember everyone joking. Being very <laughs> angry. Everyone's jokes about like U2 just like being forced <laughs> on you and it's just like everyone has to listen to U2. What, what a concept. We're going to give you... The U2 themed iPod yeah. is a bad I don't idea. think U2's reputation ever recovered from No, I don't that. think so. I think they got There's a reason why there hasn't been a U2 album for a while. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone cancelled them. Like, for, they forced themselves upon us all. That, that, that was a bold move by Apple. You know what everyone wants? A U2 album. Everyone wants this. And U2 thought, probably thought it's like the best fucking idea. And like, do you know what? If I was in that room, I couldn't tell you you're wrong. But it didn't work out. <laughs> Not even remotely. If Adele had done it. Mm. You know what, I do think... It's... I don't know where I pulled Adele from, but uh, Adele well... did it. No, no, I, I agree. I think, I think Adele would, would definitely sell more iPods now YouTube? than YouTube. YouTube? Don't would. know why. No. But, but that's the thing. Back in the day, there were... Again, this is kind of like part of the whole reign of the iPod thing. Yeah. Like when it started to seep into popular culture, where they became very much um, kind of desired you know, products and desired items. But um, but there was a whole bunch of, like, artists and bands and stuff that would have themed iP- uh, iPods just for them. So there was a U2 oh, edition one. Oh, yeah. I think like there was... Little, little di- different, like, decals yeah. and stuff. Do you remember the engraving service? And they had the, and they had the engravings and, and stuff. Well, well yeah, because the U2 one was the first one I saw, and it was the one that was, like, red and black on the front. So it was, like, a black face with, like... No, sorry. It had a black faceplate and, like, a red... Um, track wheel thing yeah. and it had like YouTube like signatures and engraved on the back and stuff now I didn't care about any of that I just remember when my friend first showed it to me and I was looking through it 
And I was like, how many songs is it? And I just kept scrolling. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. the track was like, well, cool. And I was just going through. And it was just like, it felt like millions of songs. I'd never yeah. seen it before because all I had was my crappy cassettes. There was like a weird moment where we started comparing music players by like how many songs you had. Yeah. And it was like, this, my one can hold <laughs> 10,000 songs. Well, well, this is the thing. We get into... Obviously, the iPod had an effect because it started to do so well. Other I companies... I thought you were about to say, had an effect. And I was like, with oh, well, who? Oh, well, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of with image? who? What kind Tell of me image? the goss. What kind of image? I'm open. O- I'm opened up. <laughs> grim. <laughs> so grim. Um... But yeah, so other companies were like, yeah, we want some of this digital music player yeah. action. So everyone started making that. I remember my first MP3 player was very embarrassing looking back on it because it looked cool. I will I will die on this hill that my first MP3 player looked incredible because it's the one, it was tiny. It had like, I don't know, 128 megabytes of space or something, but it had like a mirror sheen on the front. Mm. I, I had it in secondary school. Before, it, was, it was before we got to... To sixth form. Was it like tablet shaped? It, it, was, it was like horizontal shaped, yeah. like this. And it had a mirror sheet. But I think I kept it in like, like a really a, crappy leather case like or something. Like a pager? Yeah, it looked like a pager because it had like, I, I used like a clip on. Oh metal. no, Danny, you were, <laughs> you were 16 years old, not a six, six-year-old I was, man. I was an old soul. Okay. <laughs> I was an old soul. I had two Linkin Park albums and I just put it straight on. And I remember I cried. I'm so glad you've aged down. I know, I know. I'm just getting, yeah. Getting Getting cooler by by the minute. I'm I'm getting that Benjamin Button (laughs) vibe on. But yeah, but I I remember it being cool and it had like a little jog wheel and, you know, it kept. I mean, we all laughed. We all just jealous. Oh, yeah, no, no. Everyone everyone secretly really wanted it. Everyone everyone really wanted it. Having to put AAA batteries in it every other day to stop it from (gasps) dying. But yeah. I mean, horrible, we laugh, I laugh at that and you, and you think that's bad. I'm still putting AA batteries into my Microsoft con- <laughs> Xbox controllers now. This is the thing. It's one of those things where... Because Apple will Recharge like... Re- rechargeable battery packs, please. Yes, for everything. The thing is, it's like, obviously, the built-in battery was more convenient for a lot of the time. But now, 20 years later, mm. after 100 million iPods have been sold, and I don't know, half of them are just rotting at the bottom of people's drawers or whatever... Those batteries are going to degrade and blow up pretty soon at some point, maybe. Oh, my goodness. When I came back from living in Thailand, my iPhone battery was like... Was it sw- swelling up? It or? was swelling <laughs> up. And I, I kept just pushing the glass back down on the front. And I took it into like the Apple shop quite soon after I got back. And he was like, you didn't fly with this, did you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It was like a 14-hour flight with it. And he was like, I can't even leave the store with this. So it's really dangerous to blow up in your pocket and I was like oh you better sell me a new iPhone then oh gosh <laughs> yeah he would he would he was like I can't even store it there that's so bad did you get a discount or was no. it just like no I'm taking this no and I, I buy, buy, buy something buy else iPhone. That's, that's bloody brutal well I mean like, I did get it fixed by like some dodgy, dodgy guy in Thailand okay I mean, I well, okay, okay that's 100% back. your fault I, I did lie when I came back and said oh I don't know what happened I must have swapped the motherboard without himself oh <laughs> Oh, I don't know what happened. It's a different seal number. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was unaware. The seal's like all written in Thai instead. And it's like, yeah, oh. I'll just buy a new iPhone, thanks. It's fine. Don't, don't ask any questions. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Um, I mean, yeah, that was my first MP3 player. Just AAA batteries and an SD card and three Linkin Park albums. That's all I could do. My one was the Creative Zen, which was like a big square. You, I think you remember it. It's like the big grey square. Had like oh, yeah. You know what? Thumbprint size track. When we were talking about earlier, yes, because now because I didn't remember the grey one, 
And I was like, am I misremembering this? But I do remember it now. Because yeah. I remember... I think it was secondary school. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. And then, and then you got... The, the one really art, cool black the and The sick bluey, looking yeah. one. And I was immediately jealous. I remember being like on bus ride home on the 134 heading back home <laughs> after, after secondary. And... Oh yeah, the grey like Zen Micro Man. It was huge, and I was like, <laughs> I can see all my songs. It was like half the price of like the iPod, um, having like bright glowing screen. Yeah. And then I didn't realise until like you told me about what we were doing today, and I looked up what I used to have. How many like creative Zens I had? I had four. I had the grey one, the black one, the small one, and then the other small one. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, it, you you went through the family. Just, they were great though. I really enjoyed them. I, it's you know what they. Um, I think I'm. This is going to be massively biased just because I didn't have exposure to many other brands. But I'm pretty sure Creative was one of the few that I'm not going to say competed with Apple, but yeah. it was one of the more notable competitors because it was a noticeable alternative. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I can't remember others. Yeah, I can't think of what the other big MP3 players were. Because I don't know if your friends were like this. I remember a lot of my friends they had really crappy MP3 players at this stage where they were basically a big USB stick yes. with a little screen Yeah, like on a fast it. drive. Yeah, yeah. And, and they would just take the cap off. Like, they would just turn to me. They'd be like, you got any good songs on your computer? I'd be like, oh, some. And they would just take the cap off and just plug it into my computer and just start <laughs> stealing like, my music. Everyone feels like hackers. <laughs> yeah. But everyone had them. And but then, like, like, people also, like, have their songs on those flash drives and always have, like, their course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just using it for storage. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I need to print this off somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to six form. I need to print off my course, A-level coursework. Good times. Good times. Good times. No, it was good times, actually. It was, it, was, it was pretty fun looking I miss my Zen Micro. It was great. It was I, an absolute brick and I loved it. I like I like hefty, chunky things. Mm, I don't know where my... So I had a creative Zen as well, which was... I think I had Apple Envy because I was like, I want something thin and light and yeah. sleek looking and sexy. And then so it was like a Creative Zen MX 8 gigabyte. And I remember it just felt cool because it was tiny. Yeah. But it was like, it's got the little joypad and it could play video. That was a massive deal to me. Yeah. To go from a 128 megabyte tiny MP3 thing with my little beeper looking case. Yeah. To go from that to watch any movie you want if you steal it and put it on here and, and transcode it. fond memories of watching Rob Zombie's Halloween with one of our friends in that Zip Storm room. Shout out, Rupert. Um, I had a great time with the Zen Micro... Not the Zen Micro, with the Creative Zen. It was so good. It was good. I think I, think, I, think I spent a lot of time with my Zen in the reception area outside the common room watching Transformers on repeat because I had nothing else on it. You were obsessed with Transformers. I was obsessed with it. It was a sick film. The first one was sick. The th- first one was sick, yeah. yeah. Besides all the bits that weren't sick. It's, it's a shame <laughs> the action was so blurry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a shame you couldn't tell what was going on for two hours of that film. Um, but yeah, so the, the iPod came to rain. Funnily enough... Zoom didn't have a chance, did it? No, because the Zoom came out like... The first Zoom came out three years or something after... Um, the first iPod, yeah. and it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that this is something they said in the book. You really need to read the book. It's, it's good. But in the book, because they, they have interviews with people from Microsoft as well, and like Bill Gates and stuff, and they were all like, how did Apple do this? Because they were like, we had no idea that they could do this or they had any interest in this area. And it ended up getting like a massive market share. And then Microsoft tried to do the same, and they failed. Like the Zoom failed like horribly. And uh, all the folks at Apple, or I think it was Steve Jobs himself, he was saying it's because they don't, 
they're not passionate about it. They're doing this because they want market share or something. They're yeah. not doing it because they love music. They're doing it because we're because they want to compete with us. Yeah. Or something. So he was like, they were never going to win. It was never going to work. Um, and obviously he can say that because the iPod wasn't very successful. Yeah. If it went the other way, maybe he'd say something different. Um, but yeah, but the iPod would come to garner something like 74% of the entire market share of the like, entire planet or something. It would be them. They would have 74%. Wow just apple the entire world and then like next up would be like creative with like 10 percent or yeah. something something tiny like that but the first ipod wasn't the one to give me <laughs> i was proud of spain to that <laughs> uh, yeah oh yeah no they they could take i i i would give creative all my money yeah what, li- well. what little funds and what little ema money i had back then nice all went to create <laughs> but they didn't actually have like loads of success with the first ipod like it sold well but it wasn't like massive their market share was like 30% with the first iPod. It wasn't until um, three years later they introduced the iPod Mini, which I don't know if you ever saw of a, of a model of the iPod Mini. It was a thing that they had that was bigger than the Nano but smaller than the regular iPod. For some reason, that ended up giving them a massive boost to 74% of the market share. Wow. Um, and a lot of people were saying it's because because it was small enough, you could actually go running with it. You yeah. could actually go and do stuff with it, whereas the other iPod was a bit more chunky and not as suited for activity. Yeah. And the iPod Mini came with, like, a belt clip, and it came with, like, an arm strap. I feel like I remember the adverts. Yeah. Apple were very good at accessories. This is the thing. So th- this is actually another point I had, where um, w- when it came to marketing it, Steve Jobs was like, he his, his feeling was that if people got the iPod, he was like, you can use that as a way to get people to buy Macs, because to use an iPod, you have to have a Mac. So he was like, I can convince people to buy a Mac by buying an iPod and he was like so I'm going to take all the marketing budget for the Mac and get rid of it and use it on the iPod instead so the marketing budget for the iPod was like massively massively much more than any other MP3 player yeah like I don't ever remember seeing commercials or adverts for other MP3 players vast billboards or just just about simple Apple adverts it was the the big silhouette campaign yeah just the dancing silhouettes with an iPod yes of course the white iPod yeah it is Another thing, and the um, and the white color of the earbuds was another like intentional design where they were like, we want people to know that people have iPods. We want people to know that, and but, but they had this problem. They were like, how do we do that if people are keeping their iPods in their pocket the whole time? Mm. But like, no one's going to know that another person got an iPod. They're like, well, what about the earbuds? What if we differentiate differentiate ourselves by having white earbuds because everyone else uses black for some reason? Everyone just chose black. No one ever did colors or a different shade or whatever. Everyone just had black earbuds, and they're like, what if we have white earbuds? And that immediately became iconic like you said with the silhouette uh, adverts and stuff and then yeah people would see that oh that person's got an ipod and i remember i think in the mid-2000s i remember uh, during london one of london's wonderful crime waves where they were like oh people with ipods were being targeted yeah. because they've got white earbuds yeah and it was just like okay stop wearing the white earbuds now, yeah. otherwise you're gonna get mugged which was always fun um so yeah so they would end up getting to 74 percent market share and it would never go down. They would never lose market share until the kind of advent of uh, smartphones taking over. So they kind of reign supreme for like a solid 15 years or something. That's incredible, um, isn't it? So yeah, so uh, just a few other bits. Obviously, they had other models of the iPod come out. So the iPod mini was the next one, which was came out in 2004, like the start of 2004, and was meant to target people who used little crappy flash players, but didn't use them that much the original ipod would become the ipod classic and here's a weird thing i feel like it had a massive cultural impact and it's a very memorable piece of tech the funny thing is it got introduced in 2001 
it had its last revision in like 2007. Okay. And then they never changed it again. They just in six years of yeah. of development, that's yeah. all it had. And technological development around them. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, it's like they just kept it for like, I think they discontinued it in like 2015 or something, right. or 2016, where they were like, we don't have the parts anymore. They don't exist anymore because they don't make them uh, and people don't buy iPods anymore. So even though it was only six years of active development, the impact is far wider because yeah. the, cause the, follow, the iPods that followed ended up being like the more popular ones just based on people's uh, usage habits. One small step for man vibes. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like... The big chunky iPod warped so that the iPod Touch could run. But I think it also speaks to their, you know, their success and and how strategically they plan and how clever they are. You know, when they realise that something is done, they don't just keep fueling money. Yeah, yeah, they didn't exactly. Ah, some people like buy it, but it's like it's done. Yeah, like that's stop. They they knew when to. I I think I think they were quite generous with the iPod. I think they knew that it had like again. I've mentioned this a few times, but the, the cultural impact was so significant that yeah. I think they would they would have been a bit hesitant to be like, all right, cut the line because it was so important. It helped shape Apple yeah. into like a modern company because before they were just Apple computers mm. making you know desktop PCs, desktop PCs and and laptops and stuff, and they would they had like five percent market share of PCs, so they didn't really they weren't really that big back then. So having this other completely different product changed their route forever, mm. and it had like obviously had a very big. Uh, impact on them um and then the ipod shuffle was the next one in january 2005 another big hit nice everyone loved a good shuffle basically is a usb stick that everyone <laughs> yeah. used but it just had apple on it Th- this is kind of a weird thing so that was so it's 2001 for the original ipod 2004 for the mini the start of 2005 for the shuffle and then the end of 2005 they introduced a nano they did a lot of development and a lot of iteration in a very s- small amount of time at this stage and then the iPod Touch in 2007. So that was the last proper new iPod model to come out. And the iPod Touch was my first. Um, the one with the camera was my first mm. iPod. Your first iPod in 2010. And it wasn't like an iPod iPod. It was, it, was, it was an iPhone without the phone. Yeah, it was an iPhone without the phone. <laughs> and because I didn't have an iPhone either, I just had like just another two Sony, Sony Ericsson or something. I had two devices, of course, yeah. <laughs> Did not everybody. And then... <laughs> And then like, the iPod was my first proper Apple product as well. Yeah. So I, I love my iPod Touch. I really wanted an iPod Touch. I remember the first time our mutual friend got the first iPod Touch yes. uh, in sixth form. And I remember him literally screaming and running out the door when he found out they had stock, like at the Apple store. <laughs> and he like stepped on another one of our mutual friends' foots on the way out because he was so excited move <laughs> basically yeah and that first time i saw it i was like oh my god i've never seen this before this looks incredible uh, amazing they were, they were like it's only got one button it's like what excuse we used me to be so excited about technology it was so cool yeah because it was like when everyone else's phone was like a nine button device that you did like yeah. t9 texting on so yeah it was a t9 exactly that that thing or my old mobile phone that had that didn't even have a brand because it was so cheap and old, <laughs> and I didn't even know what to look for if I want to find it now. Yeah, if you go from that to this magic device has a whole screen that you can just touch and there's no buttons yeah. and and it and it knows when it's sideways so it flips everything around. Oh, do you remember Doodle Jump? Doodle Jump was sick. Doodle Jump was sick. Doodle Jump was the best. But yeah, and then they would just iterate on these different lines of iPods until the final one got. Which was the iPod Touch. So the iPod Touch, I think the last time we got updated was 2019, where they just updated a few things in it. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to keep this for a little while. And then in 2022, a few weeks or months ago, depending on when you're listening to this, it got canned. They were like, we've had a good run. It's been a good 21 years, wow. but we're done. 
So yeah, so that was the iPod. And then a few things, obviously, afterwards. So the, the impact that the iPod uh, had in general. So like I already said, it got to about 80% market share of MP3 players from the time of introduction to the time that smartphones would come to rule the world. Um, and the kind of significance of listening to a handful of songs versus your entire library ever. Yeah. It's just a massive shift in the way that people even approached listening to music. Because before it was like, I can't even listen to that much, so I'm just going to listen to these things I like or whatever. Yeah. Whereas afterwards, it's like, oh, I've got all this free space. I wonder what else I can listen to. And I don't know if there was if this is just a biased or nostalgic kind of thing where I'm like, maybe people did start listening to more music or maybe music did start to play more into people's lives. As you were saying that, I was just like, we wouldn't have Spotify. Had no Spotify. No if streaming. we didn't have iTunes and the iPod. Mm. That was what I was going to get into. Um, the first iPod predates the first it, it predates the itunes store yeah so they sold so apple sold the ipod first and then they were like they said this whole thing about control they wanted to control every single aspect of the user experience yeah they were like the last part of the user experience that we don't control is being able to sell the people music yeah so they're like it doesn't matter how great the device is doesn't matter how good it is if the they person, can't get music on there yeah if 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 the easiest way for them to get music is to go to a store buy a CD, come home, ripple the music off of it and put it onto the iPod. That sucks. And they were like, the alternative was piracy at the time, which was getting bigger and bigger in the early 2000s. And they were like, we don't really want to be facilitating the stealing of music. And so they ended up going through this whole kerfuffle of trying to get uh, all the music labels to agree to sell music digitally through the iTunes store. And they eventually agreed to it. And then that led to even more success for Apple, where they had this whole closed system of we'll sell you the iPod, we'll sell you the music, we'll sell you all the software and stuff, and you don't have to go to anywhere else. Yeah. It's all nice and convenient just for you, which uh, worked out very well for them and made them a lot of money, uh, shockingly. Which then changes the music industry. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. At the time, it's like they were, make, they were selling like millions and millions and millions and millions of songs uh, on iTunes and stuff. Yeah. But during an interview, Steve Jobs said, yeah, but this is like, 10% of all music sold at the time in like the early 2000s most like 90% of music was still sold at CDs, retail on CDs and, and stuff like that so it was like massive but but it kind of makes you go like oh good lord how big is the music industry yeah. if they're selling millions and millions and it's only 10% of stuff so uh, it kind of it definitely set the music industry in a direction yeah but I was like yeah you either do this or you just lose to piracy yeah. and, and never make money ever again when it came time for the iPhone one of the selling points that they did for the iPhone it was like uh, it is the best iPod we've ever made. That, 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 that's one of the ways they're like, it's the best phone we've ever made and it's the best iPod we've ever made. Because I don't know if you remember this when you got your first iPod Touch. I don't know if it still had it where the music app was called the iPod app and, and the icon yeah. was a little iPod yeah. because that was a more familiar thing. People want to go into their iPod and listen to their music or watch their movies or, yeah. or something. It was like a distinct thing on the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. And, and it wouldn't be until years later when they separated out into music and video and TV and stuff. And I don't know, again, this might be a slightly... Because we're talking so many years ago and my memory is fading at an alarming rate. But I think they also the iPod also kind of started the whole putting an, a little lowercase i in front of everything at some point like yes. anything that was digital related yeah. I'm trying to think of examples the only one I can think of right now is BBC iPlayer where yeah. there was like if you wanted something to be cool it was almost like it's almost like an abbreviation to be like we're cool we're digital and we're modern yeah I something but we're, we're different enough because it's not the same word we won't get told <laughs> yeah. off yeah. yeah we won't get sued basically and it's like even like phone cases now it's still like I case yeah 
Exactly. Even, yeah, like the whole Even random, like, you know, street stalls, you know, <laughs> selling, like, crappy phone knockoffs, his eye something. Eye computer. Um, and, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that they did try to buy... Eye Doctor, I'm sure, is, like, a genuine, like, Mac repair shop. I think, yeah. Something like that. Probably. I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure Apple did try to ask BBC, like, the BBC, they were like, can we just buy the name off you because they wanted to use it? Same with ITV, actually. So before Apple TV was a thing, they called ITV. it ITV. And they and then they were like, oh crap, like in the UK, there's a channel called ITV. They're like, can you change that? They're like, how about no? How about we keep our channel name? How much had you for pay, like... pay us billions? <laughs> so yeah, so they ended up having to call it Apple TV in the end. And then as all things do, there was the decline of the iPod. So once smartphones became a thing, people realized you could have like all this multimedia on this one device. At first, it didn't really matter too much because it was like, well, it's an iPhone, but it costs like £600 and... It's got like eight gigs of space, whereas my iPod costs half the price and has like 10 times the memory. People didn't care as much. But then, as you mentioned, kind of like streaming started to come more into play. Online services, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, all this stuff ended up coming out. And all of a sudden, the iPod looks super antiquated. It's like, what, Mm. this thing doesn't, no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi, doesn't connect to anything. I can't get anything new. It's just a static device with a static number of songs and videos on it. It suddenly looked ludicrous. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you wanted anything new, if someone said, hey, listen to this amazing song I just heard, and it's like, oh, okay, when I get home, I'll download it off of iTunes and sync it to my iPod. That sounds ridiculous when it's like, send me the link. Send me the Spotify link right now and I'll listen to the entire album. Yeah. So yeah, so that would start the decline in like the late 2000s and early 2010s. And so do you think it wasn't really the technology that let them down? It, was, no, no, it wasn't the hardware that let them down. It was, no, no, no. The uh, expanding libraries of music I, I, I think, and subscription services. I mean, they basically cannibalised themselves because they were like, here's our iPod, here's our iPhone. And then the iPhone got better and better. Mm. And anyone who wanted an... Why would I get an iPod? Like, they, people wanted an iPhone. Why would I get an iPod and an iPhone if the iPhone has an iPod in it? Like, they said it. They were like, it's got an iPod in it. Yeah. And so people would, wouldn't buy an iPod itself. Uh, and how many people really need 256 gigabytes of just music? Yeah. That's a lot of music. That's a lot of history right there in yeah. one box. So, yeah, they essentially just kind of accepted that this was the way. They continued to iterate and evolve on the phone and even their iTunes service they would then you know it would evolve into Apple Music they, even they would eventually admit that streaming was the way to go and they mm. created their own streaming service and the iPod is now just left to history that's it and that and that was it I do now have, it's just like the music app on our phone now it's just the music app I think uh, yeah because I don't they don't even on not the, even that because like, I don't even use it I use it like, yeah. absolutely <laughs> I, I bought I I did the Apple Music trial for like three months and I was like, this is great, but it's yeah, not I Spotify. Yeah, I did three months as well. It's oh, not Spotify. It's, it's, it's not the same as Spotify, but um, yeah, so I, I think even on Mac computers, iTunes doesn't even exist anymore. There's just the Apple Music app yeah. and then podcast is separate and TV is separate. Yeah. I think you can still get iTunes on Windows machines, yeah. but it's like really old school now. That's only if you're like connecting like your old iPod mm. touch to Windows to sort it out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I used to remember getting so annoyed at iTunes <laughs> and, you know, updates and trying to, to update it or, like, upload things to it was... It was a nightmare. It's a real, it was a real compatib- compatibility nightmare. Yeah. I, I remember when I finally made the switch where I bought my first and only iPod. Yeah. Which was my beautiful, dark green iPod Nano 5th I gen. I remember, yeah. Remember that? And I got a really cringe 
uh, quote engraved on the back, and it hasn't aged well. It's an, in fact, it's aged so poorly. I'm not going to say what's. <laughs> what. Yeah, it's it's aged, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll definitely get cancelled if I say what it was. But not only was it cringe, it also meant it had zero resale value. <laughs> Oh, so I tried, to, I tried to like sell it years later. You've still got it, haven't you? I've still got it, yeah, yeah. but no one's going to buy it. So uh, I tried to sell it and they were like, yeah, we it's in perfectly working condition, but we can't sell it because of that. Transformers <laughs> is great, and it just Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I loved that iPod because it was sick. It was, like, it, was a, it, was a, it was like a wafer thin. It was tiny and it had a camera on it. It was like the only nano yeah. to have a camera on it for some stupid reason. I think there's lots of lovely memories around MP3 players and even like like Walkmans and the iPods, you know. The simplicity of it is... is I, I have great nostalgia for those very... But I think it also ones. hit us at our lives, it hit us at a time in our lives when we, you know, we were like very social and... In, in still in school so kind of you know sharing like headphones yeah. and like look what I like uploaded last night and look what I downloaded and you know sharing that music with our friends it, like that development really hit us at a time when we were developing mm. and would really like you know now would have really affected our taste the thing is it's like as you said we didn't have iPods during those those years but yeah. it's kind of like it started that whole phase of music, music and yeah. so like if, if it wasn't for the iPod we wouldn't have those moments we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had our amazing creative 100%. mp3s and had those moments so it's definitely been like a gateway for me to get into way more music mm. yeah no it's, i mean i th- th- there is a, there is a part of me that, that does miss it having a dedicated device that has yeah. zero connection to anything else so if i'm listening to music because every so often i do charge up my nano like yeah like i'll be rooting through a drawer. I do as well. And I'll find it. I'll be like, oh my God, this still, this still exists. And I'll plug it in for like two seconds to charge stuff and I'll like look through all the music and listen to it. And it's just a very nice feeling when it's like, I can listen for 14 hours on this and I will not get a single phone call because mm. it's not connected to anything. Yeah. The internet's not going to go out. The Wi-Fi's not going to go exactly. away. Exactly. It's solid. Yeah, it's solid as a rock. And also... You f- we forget songs that we used to love. Yeah. And so like charging up the iPod and just like... Oh my god! <laughs> I absolutely loved that album. <laughs> Why on earth am I not listening to that right now? <laughs> Our friend Jim like goes running with a, like a, an iPod. Oh yeah, just I, I, I used to. Bit. I think it wasn't until I don't know, maybe maybe twenty fifteen or something is when I stopped using my Nano. Yeah. Because I think you had to give it up because the batteries got so bad. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think mine's pretty bad. I think I, I would have to charge it like daily, yeah. like a phone. So yeah, so that is uh, the in memoriam of the iPod. Rest in peace. Rip, uh, 2001 to 2022, a wonderful little device. Um, There are currently three iPods in my house at the moment. I think I've got my Nano. I think I've got my mum. No, four, sorry. There's a Nano. My mum's got the fat Nano, the first video one that was a big square. Yeah. A touch. And I think... My, I think my mum's iPod Touch might be older than your iPod Touch because wow. I think it doesn't have a camera on it. Right, so many originals. And, and then Jerry has uh, a big, chunky iPod Classic, like uh, a 6th Gen one. So you've basically got a little museum in We do, house, and I'm really sad because I think none of us have a working connector. Because <laughs> wow. I thought I thought we had like one connector left and my mum was like, oh no, that doesn't work. I was like, sad face. Oh, 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 I didn't even write this down. But all... You mentioned like accessories and stuff. Yeah. Remember, like, did you were you did you ever see have that period where everyone had like an iPod dock? But didn't the Nano have a sock? <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Like there was a sock. So, yeah, yeah. They called iPod socks, and it's like you mean it's a protective cup. It's like yeah, it's a sock, and we're going to charge like twenty pound for it or something. 
Oh, man, I hate Apple accessories so much. Um, yeah, there's the iPod sock. There's the iPod sock. but The iPod dock. The docks. You had a dock. I had a dock, but I think it was a general MP3 player. Oh, was that the one where you just plugged into the like, headphone it was, it was like a... Um, it was two separate speakers. It was a ladybird. It was yeah. something called like a ladybird. It had like it opened its wings so yeah. you could like... The two speakers like moved apart and you could just like whack. Yeah, Because yeah, it was... Yeah. Every, all of them had like the kind of generic adapter at that point. Mm-hmm. But then if you're using an iPad, you iPod or something, you'd have to like add something in or take something out oh, really? to change the connection a little bit. Oh, okay. So there's an, there's an adapter for it. Yeah. Because I just... So it could take any. Because I... Because I, I, I... I wasn't with... sure enough to get the official like <laughs> Apple dog. Well, it wasn't really official Apple. They just had like a million accessory makers all making stuff yeah. them because they were like popular because iPods were everywhere. But because I worked in HMV in like 2011, 2012... I was there when, and I worked in the tech section, and half our tech section was just speakers. Yeah. But when I say speakers, I mean, actually, there were docks. So it was just iPod docks of every shape and size. Yeah. From tiny as a person wants to, like, you know, 500-pound Bose speakers with an yeah. iPod dock on top. And it was really cool because you could just, because they were all plugged in and working on, on the shop floor, you could just plonk your iPod onto it and just start playing music. The problem is customers did that too. And they'll just come in and just start blasting the worst garbage <laughs> ever heard. Sweet yeah. Caroline. <laughs> 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 get out. Um, yeah. Get over it. <laughs> it's over. We lost. Get over it. Move on. So, yeah. So, that's that was the iPod. And uh, I think after this episode is all wrapped up, I think I'm going to go home and hug my iPod a I think bit. I need to charge my iPod at Touch Up or yeah. look at my old punk albums. Just, okay, and, and, and we'll find a speaker and we'll go listen to it in a garden or something. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah? I, I, I hope it has a Bluetooth. Because <laughs> <laughs> it connects my Bluetooth MP3 player. It won't. <laughs> it will. I think it does, actually. Oh, what, your iPod Touch? Yeah. yeah I think yeah, it does yeah, have yeah, Bluetooth. Yeah, that's fine. I just yeah. sm- smushed. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Right, a bit of the bit of the screen is not cracked, but there's like like a spill. Oh, is there a black spot? A tear. There's a black spot. You know what that is? It's your battery. What melting? No, no, it's expanding. It's pushing against the screen. Oh, this always happens to me. It, it's, it happens to it's happening to my nose. I love well. things so much that they fill with love. <laughs> and they expand dangerously in my pocket. And they're not allowed to have them on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I should be allowed on a plane. Um thank you so much, Dave. That was so interesting. Again, not what a lovely ro- a trip down a trip. nostalgia lane. Yeah, I'm all about the nostalgia. That was fantastic. Yeah. I haven't thought about those MP3 players and stuff in so long. <laughs> and it's amazing because it's not that long ago. It's not. Well, here's the thing. I, I think we're, we're falling into the trap of being old where we're like, it's not that long oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that trap. <laughs> it was, where we're like, it's not that long ago. And it's like, you're talking about 20 years ago. And that, so, so, just for comparison, if, say, around 1995 and, we, and our parents were like, 20 years wasn't that long ago. And they're like, you're talking about the 70s. Oh man, we are we are that trap. We are. We're just the worst. That encroaching trap that no, no one can escape. Yeah, and we're just walking headfirst into it. Yeah, and I'm just going to live in that little nostalgia pocket for as long as I'm allowed. It's right. By the time we get old and we're like our parents' age, we'll be like mechs and stuff. We'll be alive forever. <laughs> Remember the iPods? We'll have iPods like attached to our faces somehow. They'll be inside our skin by that point. I wonder if I can attach my iPod now to like a gold chain and wear it around my neck, like. Retro jewelry or something. I'm yeah, do that. like two pain. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. He did that with a clock, which is quite retro. Yeah, it's like a huge clock. Okay, I'll do that, but with a. Narrow... Or is it Flavor Flav? I think it's Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Yeah. Wears a... That's like quite retro. Yeah, you could be the new Flavor Flav. I'll be Flavor Flav with a nano. If this podcast doesn't work out, <laughs> this is your future. <laughs> what do you mean if? Uh, no, it's no, it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for listening, man. Hope you hope that was. I loved it. 
hope that was entertaining and educational in all kinds of ways. I, I love hearing about, it's so interesting hearing about companies and how they operate and their visions and stuff, because... I just think of them as like heartless monsters, and I think oh, so, they definitely are. I mean, they definitely are, and I think both, and I think a lot of them have more so in recent years gone that way. Mm. It's just, it's just so money oriented, not passion orientated. Yeah, it's it's uh, as much grief as Apple gets, deservedly, massively yeah. deservedly. I do like to believe that they really did go with the iPod because they were like, we really want something good, yeah. and we want to use it. And and like the final thing from the book that I'll say is that when they came to the end of development they knew they had something good. Like, like they were like, we think we're really onto something. And the reason they, f- like, the, this is the executive team and the development team taught, saying this. They were like, we felt really, really good about this because we all wanted one. <laughs> like, we, like, like, we'd made it and we still wanted it. Like, we wanted it right now just so we could listen to it yeah. and use it, um, which I think is quite rare. Wow. So, yeah. George, are you still 30 for knowledge? No. No? <laughs> 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 yes, of course I am. It's still 30 for knowledge. Yeah. Next time it's going to be, it's back to me, back to my back turn. To you. Back Again to you. already? Wow. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go with something <laughs> horrible and horrible. horrible and the medical knowledge being insanely out of my comfort zone. We're going to be so qualified in so many areas by the end of this. I, I'm just hoping that, you know, in like 20 years' time, we finally <laughs> decide to put an end to this, like the iPod, <laughs> that we, um, that I'll be so good at, like, pub quizzes by then this is the ultimate aim to be really good at pub quizzes yeah i mean that's the only reason i'm still doing this so i just I'm, I'm waiting for that public quiz to, to i should probably start going to pub quizzes actually just yeah. to test myself and it might give you interesting topic ideas exactly um i won't reveal mine now but i'm going to begin working on it soon oh, so we're, we're back on back on the airwaves very very soon thank you so much danny uh for that wonderful r.i.p to the ipod in memoriam thanks for listening thank you for listening i've been george I've been Danny, and if you want to hit us up, always available. Plug the socials, yes, always, please. Always, always ready to plug socials. So, uh, 30 for Knowledge on Instagram, and we also do have an updated email address. We do. If people want an email address that they can remember. We got rid of one long part. We got rid of the big Outlook bit. And oh, it's yeah. Just a, it's now it's just a good old Gmail. 30 to knowledge at gmail.com. There you go. Just hit us up there. Thank you to uh, uh, ACAS for hosting us today. And Yay. we can't wait to be back in these chairs. Cannot wait. We might be in a different location next time, but we'll Ooh. see. Oh, we'll yeah. see. Secret until the it's studio. Real. The studio. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be in that airport studio. <laughs> can't wait to break in. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye.